Brody and the Beard is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and that's because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers. They're able to show you the best deals on last-minute tickets with prices up to 60% off. And just so you know, it's not just sports tickets. I mean, Kelly, if you want to go check out Taylor Swift, you can get yourself a great deal on her concert tickets. I know you're a big theater fan. We've talked about it a few times on the pod. You can also get tickets to concerts, theaters, anything you want. It's easy two taps and you're in and out the game time app is simple quick and easy to navigate download the game time app in your google play or app store and score last minute deals on tickets up to 60 percent off speaking of looking fresh is that velvet you have <laughs> digging velvet Bodakil, this guy's amazing. The Beard! That move is illegal in most every state except in Texas. Woo! The rim is crying. If you're Russell Westbrook, why not? Welcome to another episode of Brody and the Beard. I'm your host, Mo Dockill, and with me is Kelly Eco, beat writer for the Houston Rockets for The Athletic. You're listening to The Athletic Podcast Network. We're being produced by our favorite person in the world, Sasha Shaw. Kelly, how you doing, man? Doing good. Good. Feels good to be back. How was your uh, Thanksgiving? It was good, man. It was good. We're, I've missed you, dude. We, 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 we took a little bit of a Thanksgiving break. We had... Did our old decade podcast, kind of pre-recorded that, had that out last week. Haven't spoken to you in a while. I, I don't know what's going on with you, man. Where you at? I'm in an undisclosed location on the Riverwalk. Oh, undisclosed. So none of them shorties can come at you, right, Kelly? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm here to work. I'm here to work. Yeah, you can mix a little bit of both. Um, hey, but, but speaking of, before, before I, want, I want to ask you this. What did you buy on Black Friday? Well, if you didn't know, if you did at all. I well what was funny is I got I got paid by both my employers basically on Friday, which is always a bad deal. When you get paid on that and it's Black Friday, <laughs> I definitely bought uh some some I've been in <clears throat> dire need of like just some new basketball shorts, some new running shoes and things like that. I bought a few Christmas gifts for some of my buddies uh, just to kind of get that stuff out of the way. So that was sort of what I jumped into. What did you get? Why are you buying basketball shorts? According to the people, you're washed up. First off, who, uh, first off, uh, that's what the streets are saying. No, that's not uh, what the streets what, are saying. You're trying to uh, sort of just mix all this stuff up. Kelly, I could uh, listen. I can see you anytime, dog. On the I heard the wrong streets. You got, you got, you got, you definitely got the wrong streets, or they got the wrong mo. Because listen, man, I got my soccer games on point. I'm boxing on a regular basis. I'm trying. I'm about to get ready to back into hoops. Everybody, better watch out, man. The new slim fit mo is coming. So don't he ready for Rockets fans? Don't 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 come at me with I'm washed. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to be the 60 year old dude that's on the soccer field, still scoring goals and still. Stopping the other team. That's who and, I and am. Then, and then you can put hashtag Wash King. 
on Instagram whenever you No, nah, uh, because you know what? Nobody's even nobody's even gonna have the gall to say I was washed. You know, this is the first I've ever heard from anybody. And it's a good thing right. you're all the way in San Antonio right now. <laughs> Man, I punch you in the face, Kelly. <laughs> it's good to be back. Oh. Sasha, what up? I bought a I I'm gonna sound bad, but uh on here, so sorry guys, but I bought a duvet, two hundred and fifty dollars off, a new uh, a new down comforter for my bed. I bought a fifty inch television for my living room. Me also too. On sale, very yes. You bought a TV? Yeah, I bought two of them. Kelly, oh Sasha, Kelly's been talking about this Black Friday deal for like two or three days. This is why I know. This is why I knew he wanted to go how, how, how here. Can you pass? Okay, look, 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 look. This this is how I know it's a good deal. Whenever I was going into Target. There were like 15 people coming out with the same TV. That's oh yeah, I'm getting that. That that's that's what it is. Yeah. $150. For that Ooh. same TV, it's gonna be four hundred dollars now. So Oh my god. I got two of them things. <laughs> and then I also bought a bunch of clothes. I bought some new like workout clothes and I bought Oh, that reminds me I did buy clothes online. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Hey. Welcome to Brody and the Beard, the shopping podcast and Black Friday (laughs) reporting of deals. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Let's let's uh, I'm going to steer the ship a little bit back on track here, Kelly, uh, despite going into everybody's uh, shopping details and the rumors that I'm washed. Uh, You got a great piece that's going to drop right around the same time this podcast drops. Really excited about this. You know, you've you've been talking about it the past few days. I saw you even tweet about it a little bit. Uh, I want you to dive into it a little bit to the point where people should go read it regardless. So don't spill all the beans. But give us a rundown kind of what, what this is about and what sort of got you thinking about this. So my piece coming out today is basically when you look at the NBA and you look at contending teams – versus non-contending teams, there is a question, an inherent question that you have to ask, you know, do we chase championships or do we chase development? Now, if you were to ask every team in the league, take into an account their current, you know, situation, you might find an answer somewhere down the middle. But when I, when you look at Houston, you know, they are always going to compete for championships. But as you're seeing, they are trying to make at least some kind of conceded effort to also develop their young guys, specifically Isaiah Hartenstein and Gary Clark. And they've been playing a lot more recently, which is why I was so fascinated. And I wanted to talk to them about that whole process of, you know, going from playing a lot in college and overseas and coming here and having to sit on the bench, you know, collecting DMPs, you know, just having to wait your turn. And and I talked to Austin Rivers because um, he sits right next to their locker and they're very close, the three of them. And I wanted to kind of get his perspective because, you know, Austin is always honest and I, I love talking with Austin. Just kind of getting, trying to see where his head is at in terms of being a mentor for those guys and identifying the mental struggles that they that they all go through you know when it comes to finding playing time finding your niche in the rotation and it was interesting to see you know 
Gary and Isaiah's honesty, you know, talking about how the coaches told them, look, we don't want to send you back down to Rio every time, but you have to get better on defense. And you have to be more alert. You have to be sharper. And, and they took it upon themselves to, you know, to ask their teammates, you know, Clark asking Tucker and Isaiah asking Clint and Tyson Chandler how to be a rim protector, how to be a rim runner, how to be a defensive anchor. And, and even though I'm not saying these guys are going to be, you know, NBA starters tomorrow, but even in the short spurts that they're on the floor, you're seeing a great improvement from last season. And that's something you want to see in developing, you know, young players. You want to see that year-to-year improvement. Did they get better? What have they, you know, taken upon themselves to improve? And I think it was it was it was fun to me, you know, talking to to those guys about kind of that journey, even though it's still an early journey. Um, it was just nice to see, you know, how human human beings can get better at things that they're not good at, and and they can highlight their deficiencies. And, you know, make steps to correct that. Yeah. And you mentioned Austin Rivers and we got a great, uh, obviously you gave it to us. You gave us a great little sound bit, a sound bite that we want to use. So here's a little bit of what Kelly and Austin were talking about. All these young guys come in and they're used to playing so much, you know, every player here was a star wherever they came from, you know. And then you come into the league and you're not playing and uh, they, they tell you to be patient and you don't even know what that's like. You're like, what, is that? what does that even mean? I remember as a young guy, not playing, guys would tell me, be patient. I was like, you know, I'd be like, what the fuck is he talking about? You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's what, how you really feel. Like, what are they talking about? You know, no one knows how, what I feel like. You feel like you're the only one going through it. And then it happens every time. It's a league. I don't care who you are. It will happen. You will get an opportunity. It's just what it is. And uh, Gary's been so solid man i mean right from the get uh he's just been super active you know that that last game was very impressive for him to just play like that after not playing this entire season uh, and same with isaiah his energy so uh you know they're going to continue to play you know what i mean um and they have to be ready and understand that even you know due to things outside of their control uh, when clint gets back at the house gets back at jail gets back at air gets back you, you, don't, you don't know how much they're going to play you know what i mean uh, Houston is not final for them. I always tell Gary that Houston is not final for you. You know, what I mean, this is all part of your journey. Say what I say. You know, so you have to learn as much as you can here. Continue to try to play as well as you can. It's tough when you're in and out. Uh, actually, in and out would be generous. You know, in and usually out. But eventually, they're gonna go somewhere where they're not gonna be out. You know what I mean? And they have to be ready for that. And this will just be a distant memory. So. You know, they sent the final days of their NBA career. They said to keep going, keep being ready. Whether it's in the summer league, whatever the case may be, they're going to have to continue to fight and grind. But Gary's ends there are ready to play in the league now. They've shown that over the past four or five games. Well, Isaiah had four or five games, but just well, Gary did last game. So it's a stretch four in the league that has all shooting. So I'm proud of them. That's awesome. That's That's some great stuff there. And this is a really interesting topic in general, just sort of the idea of, journeyman and and I don't think people appreciate how hard it is to come from being the end of the bench guy or or a journeyman that's going around all bouncing all over the league before really kind of trying to find a home sort of like Austin's found right now I don't think people understand how difficult that is and just sort of how thin of a margin it is between 
making it and not making it, you know, and I think one thing to the Rockets credit is they were one, they were one of the first teams to really take advantage of the, the G league. And at the time when it was called the D league, sort of to not just, you know, work on their guys, but to experiment with ideas in the, in the D league at the time, sort of just, I remember when I was with the Spurs, like we would always hear these crazy stories of like, yo, did you hear what Rio did? They're, they're basically just not shooting anything but threes for a game or something like that. Or they're sending all five guys to the offensive boards and, and seeing what they get out of it. Like they're willing to kind of experiment and see what goes with that. But the hardest thing you talked about, Kelly, is the development when you're contending and trying to develop your young guys at the same time. Like, that's just not easy. Like, you know, you're you're getting low draft picks because oddly enough, you're or, or not oddly, you're supposed to be probably finishing pretty high in the standings. So your draft picks are like in 28, 27 kind of range, 30, which means like, you know, you're getting some players who probably have some flaws to it and things like that. It's tough. And you got to work on that development stuff. And, you know, a lot of teams at the same time, a key part to development is getting playing time. And when you're a team that's contending for a championship, you're always playing veterans for the most part. So there's not a lot of playing time for these guys. How have you seen the Rockets sort of development program sort of improve over the years? Now, obviously, you know, some of this comes from natural cases of injury and, you know, just going through a season with older guys, having to keep your guys fresh so you do put those young guys in. But it's it's funny, I was talking to Austin and he made a very interesting point. He said, had this been, you know, some super strict offense, you know, with set plays and you just threw those guys into the fire head first, there would be like deers and headlights. But the fact that um, it is kind of a plug and play system. It's freelance. You can just drop those guys in and they already know what it is they have to do. They know that Austin has to, um, Austin, I mean, Gary, they know Gary has to be that three and D guy. He has to be able to be switchable, energetic, you know, rebounding, stealing, just being a nuisance. I mean, these guys like are re- these guys are lucky. Yeah. Like their roles are pretty much defined. They're pretty yeah. They're pretty much defined. Yeah. And, and Isaiah, Isaiah just has to be that rim runner. He has to be you know a defensive anchor. Even though he can shoot the three ball, they they want him to work on his fundamentals first. Because a lot of times players players get so caught up in threes that they forget their you know everything else. I know this is a three point crazy NBA right now, but for Young bigs, they still have to develop that defensive presence first. And that's kind of what the coaching staff uh, instills in Isaiah and, you know, Gary Clark. That, look, there are teams in the NBA that have been successful in this model, like the Spurs, like you like you mentioned, of being contenders, but also, you know, developing those young players. I think also maybe to an extent, uh, Oklahoma City and Toronto, but for the most part, teams kind of fall one or the other. So I'm not saying the Rockets have the Rockets are full gung ho in that Spurs category, and they'll always say it too. The Spurs are a different are a different breed whenever it comes to player development and you know just that kind of stuff. But they are trying to maybe not stray away from you know 
calling guys draft assets or attachable assets and stuff like that, but they are, they do want their young guys to, um, you know, get better. And, and we're seeing that in the early season. Well, I mean, it's it's obvious, right? Like the benefits when your young guys get better across the board, you know, you have better players on your roster. They're able to help your team. They're able to put you in situations, you know, if they can, the situations they're in now with, with houses kind of in and out of the lineup with injury problems early to start the season with Gordon out for a few more weeks, like get that they need guys like Gary Clark to step up. They need a guy like Ben McLemore, who's another dude who's kind of bounced around the league a little bit after being a high draft pick. You know, they need those guys to develop and, and start being able to hit the, the marks that they need to, to continue to move in the NBA and, and to continue to grow. So it's like, this is an important thing here. Like the, you know, it is extremely hard in the NBA. I mean, I, I know I've said it already, but just trying to contend and develop at the same time. And the Spurs have found that balance, but at the same time too, they're not a contender every year. Like we just saw it with the Warriors, right? They had a five-year run contending nonstop but they never were able to find those young pieces to kind of continue that run. And that's, that's just too hard. Even if they had a young guy you were excited about, you know, like I was super excited about Jordan Bell when they drafted him or, or when they got his rights from Chicago and, you know, they just, for a bunch of variety of reasons, some of it was him, some of it was them not able to really develop him and turn him into the player they needed him to be. Um, And, and it's just such a challenge because some of that comes with playing time and Austin makes a great point when he says, like, this is such a free-flowing offense that at least it's not like they're paralyzed with the fact of, like, I have to be in this corner on this play. I got to mem- memorize all these plays in the playbook, right? It's it's relatively easy offense to figure out, right? When Harden has the ball, go stand on the wink, <laughs> you know? And, and if you're Isaiah, go set the screen like <laughs> and, and roll. It's not that hard to figure out for the most part, you know? So, I mean, it's a really – it's it's a fascinating topic because – so few teams, and I, I almost think across sports have have really been successful with it. I think I look with San Antonio, which we talked about at nauseum, and, and I'm sure everybody's tired of talking about him. I know Houston does not a big fan. Um and and even like the New England Patriots, you know, for how long they've contended, you know, always just kind of finding guys and and being able to plug in and and you know step up and ready to roll. Like that's just a big part of it, of being able to continue that longevity. And that's something that, you know, it's, it's not easy. And I'd even argue, you know, that I don't even think OKC's done that great of a job with it. I think Toronto's doing great with it now. Let's see what happens three or four years from now when it's, when it gets a little tougher and and, it, and if they stay on top for the next five years, because that's where it gets challenging. The, the interesting part for the Rockets right now is, you know, this is this is a good time. The West is wide open. This is their time to really sort of jump in and attack. Yeah, and I think, you know, to your point about that, if as the season does go along, you know, who knows to say maybe Clint or another wing is out for an extended period of time and, and you don't always want to just rely on Tyson Chandler, you know, night in, night out. You do have those guys on the roster who can – you know, fill in, and and it's good to see, you know, Mike D'Antoni and the coaching staff realize that there is actually value in those young guys. Like too many times in the in the NBA, you see teams that do have you know 
young prospects or diamonds in the rough, but they never take the time to clean them off. They never take the time to polish them up. And they bounce around from team to team. And in six, seven years' time, you you, you you see them and you wonder, like, what happened? Like, Jordan Bell is someone who's now I think he's in the Timberwolves. Yeah, he's on the Wolves. I'm not sure. He's not playing that much. But no, he's not. He's, he's not getting much time. Not, yeah. Yeah. So that's someone that who's in danger. Who's in danger of 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 you know being lost in the, I guess the NBA the NBA uh, whirlwind, and I remember Austin told me he said, one thing that he tells Gary and Isaiah all the time is, Houston is not your final stop, you know. In your young NBA career. You're not gonna play for just one team, like in the specifically in this day and age. So whenever you're playing on the court, you're not only playing for yourself and for the team to win, but you are playing for thirty. It it isn't it is an audition for, you know, thirty odd teams in the league who are gonna be paying attention. You know, there are scouts at every game. There are five or six advanced scouts, five or six you know normal player scouts at every game. They are watching. They are reporting to their teams what they're seeing. And you have to understand that it's going to be a long career. If you want to have a long career, you're going to play in, you're going to have to be flexible. He said, uh, I think he used the word situational. He said, there are only four or five guys in the league who can play anywhere and they'll be great. It doesn't matter what system they're in. They'll, they'll be the same anywhere. But everyone else is circumstantial and situational. So it's important that you are flexible and you are picking up on those key things that your vets teach you and your coaches teach you and the film teaches you, you know, if you do want to have a long career. Yeah. And if you want to, there's a couple of things I want to touch on in that the one thing, you know, that Austin says where it's like, there's only four or five guys that can go anywhere and, and basically be successful. You know, that, that's right on. And the big thing about that too, it's like, there's only a few, even less than that. There's only a few guys that get to win their way. You know, and and their style wins out, and it, it's it's just one of those things where like that's an absolute in that situation. I think, you know, I think LeBron James is a guy who whatever team he goes to, like the way he wants to do it is how you're going to do it because he's champion several times over, and that's one of those things. You know, like he doesn't have to sacrifice as much. Um, for the young guys, I think I the something that you said that kind of just triggered in my a thought in my mind. I remember when I was with the Spurs talking with coach Chip England and he, he kind of just asked me once, he's like, well, who do you think has the toughest job here in the NBA? And, you know, he kind of just looked around, you know, we're looking at the court or whatever it's end of practice or something. And, you know, I was like, Oh, I think the trainers or whatever. He's like, Oh, that's good. The trainers have a tough job or whatever, but it's really, you know, these guys at the end of the bench because they don't know, Sometimes if they're walking into the practice facility, if it's for the last time, you know, like these guys don't get any warnings when they're getting cut or anything like that for that, for the most part, you know, they might be coming in thinking they're coming in for practice. Next thing you know, they're, you know, somebody's coming up going like, Hey, uh, coach wants to see you or, uh, you know, the general manager needs to see you for a second. You know, they're, they're not making it even into the locker room at that point. Their stuff's already been packed up and they're on their way out, you know, whether it's being traded or getting waived and and moving on or getting sent to the G League. So it's kind of a tough situation for these guys. So it's really important for 
Isaiah, who's looking like he's finding his role, Gary, who's looking like he's finding his role with the team, you know, it's really important to kind of establish yourself and, and, and fill that niche. And every team you go to, it's different and that role might change. So they're lucky they have defined roles here now because, you know, it's, it's, it allows them to identify what they need to be able to do to stay in this, stay on this team. But it's not the case everywhere across the, the league like that. And Jordan Bell's a case of a dude that can easily fall out of the league in the next couple of years. Um, there's just so many guys of guys that we, you, you heard of in college, you heard of in the draft and that you never hear from again, you know, James Anderson from Oklahoma state's a kid we drafted in San Antonio breaks his, his, uh, foot, I think a month into the season while he was getting minutes in the rotation, never made his way back. And as you know, I, I think he's playing in Europe at this point. So that's just a tough thing there. I think that's enough here about your piece. Cause I want to make sure everybody goes and reads this. This is we're recording Tuesday morning. It should be dropping by the time this podcast uh, post, but if it doesn't, you should be on the lookout for it. I'm really excited for it. I know Kelly put a ton of work into it. It's going to be great, man. Yeah. So speaking of, you know, players who are developed, because our next topic is kind of, it's kind of dicey. We're, but, but, but before we dive into that, Kelly, I know, listen, we just finished talking about Black Friday and everything, but have you ever wondered how to get the hottest new sneakers, the ones that barely hit the shelves? The answer is StockX. I know you know all about StockX, Kelly. A revolutionary new marketplace for buying and selling 100% authentic sneakers, streetwear, watches, and handbags. With StockX, there's no hassle. StockX handles the exchange of every transaction, so you never have to worry about legit buyers or sellers. StockX has you covered. You don't have to worry about if anybody's trying to scam you. Like, if I'm trying to buy sneakers from Kelly, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned, dude. Kelly's got a little, he might try to cheat me. He thinks I'm washed. He thinks I might not be able to catch on to the things, but I, I see you, Kelly. But if I'm doing it through StockX, I don't have to worry about it. StockX uses the same principles as the stock market to making buying and selling as safe and easy as possible. It provides real-time market data for intelligent buying and selling and gives you access to tons of historical price data. You can see exactly how much an item has sold for in the past and how much it's selling for now. So if you want in on all the hype, check out StockX.com slash bball for a surprise offer that won't be around long. That's StockX.com slash bball. Check it out today. Kelly, you you were touching on it before. I wanted to sell some sneakers here to you. Um, talk about what what you were hinting at here uh, with our next topic. Um. Well, as you may or may not have heard, you know James Harden, the bearded one. He did score sixty points in an NBA game in three quarters, and took what twenty four shots. Yeah, I think it was an NBA record for the fewest field goal attempts to score 60 and nobody is talking about it it's not that's incredible but it's not that's incredible but it's not that nobody's talking about it you know uh it's when they are talking about it it's like they're trying to trash it which really pisses me off at this point that's like, really ridiculous at this point like you know there are things that players say in the course of a season where you might think that it's just player speak but Earlier in the season, Russell Westbrook, he made a very interesting point that people have sort of become numb to Harden's, you know, 
offensive outputs. And it's true. Like, dude, I'm not sure people need... If you go back and watch that game, he was he amazing. He scored 80 points that game. Oh, easily. Easily. You know, like, he, he was amazing in this game. And the stuff... Here's this thing that's funny. Everybody starts complaining about, like, well, he went to the free throw line so many times. He shooting threes. He's, he's foul hunting and all this stuff. Listen, none of this was the topic of conversation when Kobe dropped 62 on the Mavs, right? Like, he did that in three quarters. It's the same thing, essentially. And the thing is, on top of all that, Kobe shot more free throws in that game than Harden did in this one. Kobe shot 25 free throws in that game. And let me be honest with you guys here, because some of you guys don't know, and Sasha, cover your ears, because I know you're a Laker fan. Kobe started the foul hunting. You don't understand? Every time he would shoot the ball, he would yell out, hey, you know, because he's trying to get the referee's attention (laughs) to get a foul call. The only difference is we're mad at Harden for being better at it, for being more efficient at it. Like, I get it. It's a little frustrating. There's a little, you know, there are times where Harden hooks the guy and, and goes up for the layup and is expecting a foul call. And sometimes he gets the refs and sometimes he doesn't. And when he doesn't, he looks at the ref going like, what? How did that not work? You know, kind of thing. But we got to stop, man. Like, this is the problem with our game right now. It's We go so far out of our way to trash when somebody does something great going like, well, you know, Clay Thompson at 37 and a quarter, you know, or whatever. Like, all these things. I'm like, man, just enjoy it. Why can't I enjoy both? Clay Thompson scoring 37 points in a quarter, which was also amazing. And why can't I enjoy James Harden scoring 60 and three quarters against the terrible Atlanta Hawks defense? And, and you're seeing it, you know, it does come down to a matter of personal preference at the end of the day. People don't like to admit it, but there is some inherent bias to what you say and what you do. If you don't like how he plays, you know, that's perfectly fine. It's not everyone's cup of tea, but he's one of the smartest offensive players I've ever seen in my life. And the fact that he could do something that great and not even it's almost like it was swept under the rug you know because it was James Harden doing it if it was any other player like imagine if that was Luka Doncic right now oh I mean, well, NBA Twitter NBA Twitter I'll, I'll have to close my app because NBA Twitter would be going crazy if that was hard if, if Luka Doncic scored 60 in three quarters come on man no no don't come get on. don't get me wrong like it it would go nuts, and I'm a big like, I'm a big Luca fan. People's but. problem pe- people's problem today is they're not honest with themselves. They're not honest, and you go on Twitter and people trying to come off as as you know trying to be on the fence or trying to be you know coming from a place of neutral neutrality. But let's face it, if you took a poll on NBA Twitter, how many people like Harden? Kelly, I mean, Kelly, I think it, if you took that poll in the NBA of players, you're going to get the same result. Exactly. There's, there's, there's complaint, and I get it from the players' perspective a little bit in the sense of like, man, look, but not he, the not the not NBA Twitter. That's stupid. That's just stupid. No, but I That's mean, stupid. but like, no, no. Of, I mean, of course, Kelly. But like, here's the thing. Like, I get where the sometimes the the foul hunting drives people nuts. But also, here's the thing. You're watching an artist at work, like some of the stuff Harden does on the court. And I'm not a huge Harden fan, but I will never turn down watching James Harden. Like he has the chance to do amazing things. And like, 
we complain that he's not sometimes not efficient. This was one of his best shooting games. Like you can't go wrong he was with this. eighteen for twenty four from the field. Like come on. Like this is. I mean, like we're just at this point. It is nitpicking. I think part of it was it happened on a Saturday night. I think part of it is like we are used to seeing Harden kind of score big bunches, not sixty on a regular basis, but like we're used to him. I mean, he's damn near My averaging 30s, 40. 40. Yeah. You, yeah. You, you know what I mean? So it's almost kind of like that. It's sort of similar to what Russ so did. Have, so what, people have gotten up to it. Is that what you're saying? What, what, I'm sorry, what was that? So I'm saying, so you're saying that people have become a bit numb to. I think part of it, I think this is what happened with uh, Russ and the triple double, you know? And I think sometimes that gets a little, little lost in people not understanding like how damn hard this stuff is to do. And I think just we just got to get back to appreciating the game, man. Like, this is getting old. And it's not just NBA Twitter. It's not just players. Dude, Kelly, it happens on broadcasts, man. Like, you know, I saw a tweet. I don't know. I wasn't. I didn't have the the volume up on my broadcast. But they were saying that even during the broadcast of the Rockets game, while Harden's going for 60, they're taking shots at Kobe's 81 points. Like, I don't. What does one have to do with the other? You know, like embrace both of them. These are both yeah. amazing feats, you know, like it's embarrassing. You can't do that. Like, sorry. Like, especially when, you know, people are going to come at your guy for 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 the, the 60 points. Right. Like you you knew people were going to come in. Oh, you just foul hunts and this and that. And like, look, he's doing what is within the rules of the game, the way the referees call the game. This is the way it is. You guys really want to understand stuff. Go look at basketball in the 90s. Look at all the dirty tricks John Stockton would do to get fouls. Like, this isn't new. Foul hunting isn't a new thing, you know? And even though I said earlier Kobe invented it, I was wrong. It's been something that's happened for a long time, you know? And it's just a normal thing at this point. It's just Harden's more efficient with that, and it drives people nuts. And I think also with better replays that we have now, we're able to see it more clearly sometimes. And I think that's just, I think that's kind of the thing that sort of wears people down. I just, I just think at some point you have to give players their flowers while they're still here because, you know, in 10 years, in 10 years, whenever he's done playing, you know, people are going to have to eventually realize the offensive greatness that it was for a, a decade. Like, this guy is an amazing basketball player. I mean, it just a, it's just amazing. It, it doesn't it make sense to me. It, it doesn't make sense to me when people go out of their way to like trash it or say, "Oh, I, I hate, I can't, I, I'm, I despise this. I gotta turn this off." It's just at some point it becomes groupthink, and I really hate this term, but it's it's true. A lot of times on Twitter, people don't think for themselves; they just see what's funny or what's popular, and they hop on. I mean, some of it's the joke. Some people want to have fun with the jokes and enjoy themselves a little bit. But it is a level well, of Some people like, are actually, yeah. Like, it, it makes no sense to me. Like, this guy is amazing. And you should appreciate what he's doing. And, and the fact that he, he is able to score. Literally, he's fi- he's figured out a system where he can score. If if his shot is on, he could score 81. Easily. If it was a competitive game, he could score easily. I, I, I said it on the Daily Ding a few days ago. I think he's going to drop 80 at some point during this season. Like, I'm sorry. It's just, you know, the the way he plays, when he's locked in, he's he, he hasn't really even – this is probably the first game I felt like, wow, Harden's really shooting the ball really well tonight. Like, I, I can see that happening. It's not out of the realm of possibility at all that he can, he can get past Kobe's 81. Like, I don't 
to me, that's not at all. I mean, they still got Washington coming up at some other point this season, and their terrible t- defense is even worse than the than the than the Hawks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and I think at some point, I mean, hey, maybe when when it's all said and done, he does he does finish the game with with one MVP or and and that's it. But I mean, hey, for for this guy to have won only one right now. I mean, you 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 could always make the argument that you know he could he couldn't, but there's no denying the fact that this man is an offensive savant. Yeah, no, and you should appreciate it every time he's on the court. And I think just appreciate all the talent we have in the NBA, not just there's all. a bunch of talent. There's a bunch of talent like the Devin Booker's of the world, and 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 the you know the Kemba Walkers of the world, and and the Kyrie's, and stop, forget the. The other stuff that you guys like to focus on and just watch the damn game. Yeah, and, and just enjoy. At the end of the day, I I just think, you know, this is the best collection of young talent the NBA has had really in my lifetime. I I don't I obviously can't speak to further than that. But like we just enjoy these guys sometimes and enjoy their achievements and let's have fun with it and not try to start going like, well, my guy did this, so your guy sucks, or if or if I like this, that means I don't like that. I can like both guys. Like it's, I'm, I think I'm that much of a complex human being that I can enjoy two more than two things. Um, in that sense. So I'm with you, Kelly. I, I don't want to get in the MVP debate a little bit because, you know, you're, if he ends up with only one, it's going to be a little bit shocking, but it's also, you know, Shaq only ended up with one. I mean, that's a guy that should have had several more, you know? Yeah, um, so sure. across the board. So there's, there, it, it wouldn't be the first with that kind of travesty. But let's move on to something you've been talking about a couple of times throughout our podcasts over the past few weeks. We started the season with ranking our our most important Rockets for the season um, and kind of like who really needs to be uh, kind of step up to a degree for the Rockets this year for them to to hit the high lofty goals that they have of winning a championship. So, you know, I think we both have the same guy, number one, right? Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I mean, well, you Clutch. know. Yeah, I mean, Ben McLemore, right? Hey, no, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it's James Harden, right? He's the guy that drives the truck. He's the one that keeps it going and, and gets them flowing. So uh, James Harden, number one. I, I really do hope he drops 80 in a game because I think that would be just a really fun night. Um, I think it, it, it it's something I would I would thoroughly enjoy. Uh but I think we're going to disagree here on our, our, our number two. So I remember very clearly, and you convinced me of it, you had Compella as the number two, as the second. Well, one. I got to move mine down. I got I to gotta make a little swap. Oh, you got okay. Make your swap. Go for it. I want to hear it. I'm putting Russ back at number two. Oh, man. We're, see, I don't like when we have the same list at this point. Okay. What? I got I, I to gotta put him back up there because I was stupid. No, no, uh, I thought I thought you had I thought you had a good I mean, point the with moment, Capella. It sounded good. No, no, but yeah, you had but you, but, but you had a good point because it was really based on he yeah, needed he to step up defensively. Yeah. That was kind of the the yeah the callback to it. So I don't think it was stupid, um, you know. And 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 part of the reason why I don't think it was stupid was because you did convince me on the pod. So uh, yeah. I'm, I'm trying not to take the hit either. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but go with what? What's the reasoning with Russ? I just think. Well, I've come to realize in the in the nineteen games so far that 
just like Chris Paul was, you know, the second important, the second most important guy to the team, <clears throat> so was Russell. And he has to be that guy to keep the game flowing whenever Harden is sitting down. He does bring his own strengths to the field. And I, I just think he's doing a good job right now of, you know, getting guys open looks. His shot will, will never be, you know, where you want it to be. But he's going to do everything else. He's going to defend. He's going to be unselfish. He's going to defer things that you want to see a second banana do. And it's funny. I, I talk to Rockets coaches all the time, <clears throat> and and they tell me about Russ. They... Internally, they don't expect the best version of Russ until after the All-Star break. Which was which was pretty interesting to hear that. But it just speaks to the fact that they do understand that this is going to be, you know, every day is a work in progress. Every day is, is, is another step. And while he's getting his legs back, getting his whatever, his fingers are still dislocated. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um... He is going to be the second most important player for that Rockets team. Just from the fact that not only is, is he the second best, but he he's the one that you have to lean on to to, to steady the ship, to keep the, keep the engine running when Harden does take a breather. Or if the game's where his game is off, you know, you still need Russ to be that guy, to be aggressive. You want him to be aggressive. You want him to... to to get into guys, to get open shots, to attack the lane, so you know, get get Clint active. So I, I have he's number two for me. I have a different reason for why he's number two, and it okay, really no. stems from when we 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 were together for the Clipper game. Okay, it, okay. he's got to do better decision making down the stretch. You know, we we talked about it at the end of that game at the the, the post game pod, where you know, listen, he's not he's shooting. This is the second lowest in his career he's ever shot from three. He's at 23.3%. Uh, and the last time he sh- he shot worse. I mean, he does, have, he does have three dislocated fingers, though. Which obviously, which obviously does not help in shooting three <laughs> balls. 100% get that. But let's be honest. It's not like he was a great three-point shooter to begin with, right? Like, you know, a career 30% three-point shooter. Uh, it's not like this is something we we really expected him to to come in and just be great as a as a shooter, but his decision making has to be better. Like you know, he gets the ball and 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 we talked about it then. I'm going to talk about it now, and I know Rocket fans are going to be upset because I'm bringing up old stuff. Um, you know, and and you guys could throw the the Friday meme at me for why I'm bringing up old curse word. Um, but the you know the thing is. It's such an important thing because it's it may not impact them now, but it's going to impact them in the playoffs because we're getting a look now of how teams are going to guard Harden in the playoffs. We're watching it now, and they're doing a good enough job with it where teams are just going to double Harden right away, and they've done a good job of, of finding the pockets and where to go, but in the playoffs, it's going to get a lot tougher, and it gets even harder when you're going to have Russ on the court, who's at this point, still not able to really shoot. Maybe he'll be better after the All-Star break like the coaches think. Um, and you have Capella on the court. Having two non-shooters on the court at the same time just makes it so hard to spread the floor. It's something we've seen with Philly 
over the years, and it and it's something that would really hurt this team in the playoffs and allow them to to be defended relatively easy in the playoffs. And I think this is where the regular season matters is he can't just flip a switch and in the playoffs all of a sudden start making good decisions. He has to start making these decisions now. Like that three he took was a bad decision. If he drives, he has multiple options there. He had plenty of time to be able to do that, you know, to find Tucker in the corner or Capella for a lob. But, you know, it's that decision making that really worries me about Russ. But, you know, if he improves on that, if he learns from that and can get make really the smart decisions in clutch situations, that takes them it takes the team to another level. Not just him, but it takes the Rockets to another tier. And I think that's something that's really critical. And they gotta get to him with that. And it's hard, you know. He's thirty one years old. He's been in the league for what, over ten years at this point. You know, it's hard to kind of change those habits sometimes. But that's something they gotta really sort of aspire to. So that's that's why he's number two for me. So different reasons, but we have the same guy at two. Now you know, to your point about that, I did one last thing. There was a play um, <clears throat> against the Hawks where he did kind of catch the ball um, on the wing. It was in the corner. It was wide open, and they were sagging off him. And he did a good job of driving it in the paint and then kicking it to Ben McLemore, you know, for an open three. I think more of that will be, you know, preferred as to, you know, just him shooting that. I think, And I think he knows that, too, because uh, he— he is looking to drive and kick, you know, especially after that Clippers game. So uh, I think as the games go on, he once all their shooters are back, it makes that decision much easier, you know, when you know you have great shooters around you and you don't have to take it upon yourself. You can play it to your own strengths. So I think, you know, with time, it makes that, you know, decision-making easier. But, you know, when you say he's he's been doing that since that Clipper game, that's really been the last time they've been in a clutch game, you know, if I remember correctly, well, well, in the well, final well, seconds. Well, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying clutch. I'm just saying situational, like um, him being sacked off on. I'm not saying in the clutch, no. Yeah, I mean, because like, cause you're right. Because, like, it's, even in that game, he was doing a great job of finding guys and, yeah. and things like that. And he was doing a good job of getting into the pockets when they would double – Harden yeah. and he he, but he, he has done he has he, there have been other been other games in but the clutch it, it, where he did play well like the Wizards game and and, and I'm not saying he's not playing did. well I'm not trying to say that I'm saying this decision making is the key well yeah, yeah well against the Clippers it's I think for me it's it's more of a it's more of a personal thing for him against LA teams so I think that can kind of cloud his judgment when it comes to you know, taking that shot, national TV Friday night in front of well, you know, listen, that does unquote rivals. He needs to get that out of his his system because he gets well, he I'm gets into saying, these, I, he gets I, into I, these personal yeah. battles with guys, and then starts trying to do you know trying to do too much. And on this team of all teams, like it's okay with the Thunder because you know for the most part, you know he was the guy, but with this team, Harden's the guy. And when you're playing second fiddle, you know the the I don't even want to say second fiddle or second banana, but like when you're like one B, you're you're not the guy, and 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 that's you got to be able to play in that system. So he's got to get these personal things because it is something that does happen. He was ha- he got into it with Patrick Beverly, got into it in Montrez Harrell in that game a little bit. So you know it's, it's that kind of stuff happens. He needs to get that out of his game, man. You you can't afford to have that stuff in in the game that much that much more 
especially in the playoffs, man, because those all those games are going to be on national TV, Kelly. Yeah, you're right. That's what I like to hear, so, Kelly. <laughs> let's get let's get to uh, your number three. Is it Clint or is it somebody else? I'm going PJ Tucker still, man. Okay. I, I I I get it with Clint. I think Clint, I think I think Clint's going down. Mine. Wow. A fall from grace for Clint Capella. This should be the, this is going to be the headline of the podcast. Uh, (laughs) No, I think. No, but I think Tuck, Tuck is having a career year. Um, It's it's by far his best shooting year. Uh, I think it's like 46 from three. I'll I'll pull it up. You keep talking. I'll I'll pull it up. And and, um, obviously he's up for an extension. Um, in the summer, and they haven't had m- much discussion about it yet, but he certainly warrants, you know, that talk, and he is showing why he's so important to this team from the, from the standpoint of being the new glue guy after Ariza left, um, having to stretch the floor and having to hit those timely shots, and a lot of them, so. I think Tuck, yeah, he is moving up. I will say this though: the the small ball has not been good this season. Um, larger to an extent of big guys are kind of finally realizing that I got a six five guy guarding me, as opposed to a six eleven. So we might see less and less of that, and and we have seen that. But I think Tuck is now uh, the third most important. Rocket. Wow. So I, that means Clint's number four? Yeah. Well, 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 I got uh, four. Well, you're you're right about Tuck shooting forty six percent from three. And you and you touched on the one thing that I think makes him so important. Like he he's more than a glue guy to me. Like he's kind of the heart and soul sort of like you know, like Harden drives the truck. You know, Russ Russ is there and, and, and doing his thing. But it really feels like Tucker's the guy everybody goes to. You know, and, and, and he can talk to anybody and he can sort of calm you down and, 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 you know, whatever some Russ is losing his, 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 his mind a little bit. I feel like Tucker's the guy that can kind of help bring him in. I think Tucker's the guy that young guys can go to. Um, he's a guy Austin can go to. I mean, this is one of those things where I just feel like everybody can go to him and this is, this is more just feel from what I've seen and, and, and the way he's talked about by his teammates and stuff like that. You probably have a better view of it than me. But I just feel like that can never be understated. You know, like that is just so important. Like we we don't realize how important those guys are sometimes till they leave. And, you know, Houston's had a long history of these types of guys. Shane Battier before everybody else, right, was like the consummate glue guy. Um, you mentioned Ariza, who was a big part of that. You know, Tucker was huge during the Chris Paul era because he was able to just tell Chris to just shut the hell up, you know, and Chris would respect him. And it's he carries that kind of weight to him. So for me, that's just really what's so critical. I mean, what he does on the court is great. You know, he's he's their, you know, smaller version of Draymond Green trying to quarterback the defense and things like that. So I think he's he's really big for them and and, and really important. So for me, he's three, and I think we both do, we both agree. Capella's four. Yeah, Capella's four for me. You know, and so, and and it's not to Capella's fault. I think for me, at least. No, I think it's more of other guys, you know, raising their game as the as the season has gone along. 
So well, I feel like those guys need to be at a certain level that they to get to that to get to help get the Rockets to those games. I think Capella's doing what he's supposed to. He's doing a good job defensively, averaging you know two blocks a game. He's he's been better defensively than I thought, you know, and and I think it's. He's he, he's doing exactly what he's supposed to do, almost averaging fifteen and fifteen, which probably doesn't get talked about enough. That's pretty damn good numbers right there. Um, so I think you know he's rolling along. Obviously, Harden's favorite target when he when somebody's rolling to the rim allows him to either shoot the floater or pretend to shoot the floater and lob it up to Capella. And teams got to counteract that a bit. So I think yeah, Capella is important at four. Uh, Real quick, because we're just going to do five guys, because we're running out of time here. Who who do you have as five? I think still House for me. So I'm going to cheat, and I'm going to do a collection of guys. It's House. It's Macklemore. It's uh, Gary Clark. It's those guys. You know, Austin Rivers too. Like all those guys have to be able to step into these roles. When they come and and it might be a revolving door in terms of how much time they get and they got to stay ready. And it's something we talked about at the beginning of the podcast with your piece dropping. And, you know, for these young guys in particular to kind of just stay ready and ready to roll. I think it's an important thing for them um, and important for the Rockets, for, for these other guys to really kind of continue to contribute. You know, House has been in and out of the lineup, so that opens up the door for Macklemore, uh, that opens up opportunities for, for Clark and, and, you know, for Austin, obviously, who was always kind of in the rotation, but will get more minutes because of that. So, you know, those guys all have to continue to kind of step up and, and continue to, to just help lift the Rockets in, in order to just continue to keep the floor spread. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of, that's, that's my five. I know I cheated and put like eight people in there, but that's what you get to do from time <laughs> to time. Um, Kelly, I, I kind of cut you off here. Give, give me a couple updates here on house. Yeah. Um, he's looking better. Um, he wants to get back on the floor. Um, he's in good spirits. I think the sooner they get him back, the better, obviously. But in the meantime, they do have the guys to pick up the slack while he's out. You know, Gary and and Ben and Austin. They do have the, the guys to, you know, weather the storm. But obviously, if you can get a six seven six eight guy that does everything back, you are in better shape. So, kind of helps. He, 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 he's day to day. I think he's day to day. He could play tonight. I'm not sure. He could or, or so. If if not tonight, he might be able to play um, in Toronto, but we'll see. That's awesome, man. And Kelly, you got your passport ready to go. You, it's 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 the, nope. it has an expired. What do you mean, no? <laughs> You're going to Toronto after San Antonio, right? Or did you not find your passport? Yeah, I'm going. Hey, you going without a passport? Good luck, man. Sasha, I might need to find a <laughs> a, a, a new co-host here, man. He's going to get stuck in the detention center in Toronto. <laughs> Hey, I'm getting in there. <laughs> Listen, Kelly. No, I, I smoked the TSA. I got the I got the hookup with TSA. I know people. Come on now. All right, you know easy, 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 Kelly. Now kidding. we're getting a little. Now kidding. we're getting a little out of pocket here. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I just. No, I got. I got my stuff. I got my stuff. You got your stuff. It's updated. You're ready to roll. You're you're ready, ready for roll. winter time in Toronto. Um. Obviously, I forgot my jacket though. But yeah, that 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 was smart. I don't feel like you're sometimes the most organized person when it comes to packing. (laughs) I'm not organized when it comes to anything. 
But you're just you're just good at your job, which is reporting. We get, we getting by. We getting by. You're good at your job. Everybody, check out Kelly's piece that drops today. I promise you won't you won't be disappointed. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to rate us, like us, reviews on iTunes, five stars. Be nice to us on the reviews. If you listen to this far on the podcast, I'm assuming you're fans, so help us out here, guys, and 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 give us some love on iTunes. It really helps the podcast out. And for Kelly, for Sasha, for me, we out. Yeah.